TII item 302, March 31st, 2014. MS Office for iPad. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. To start your free seven-day trial, visit lynda.com slash TII. Today's episode is also brought to you by Hover. Please visit hover.com, and as a new user, use promo code TIITV to save 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeff for sending in the music here in the background. Jeff wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song with my iPhone 4S using GarageBand app. For free downloads and more music, follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter. Guards Jeff J. Thanks, Jeff, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. Also want to thank Janine for sending in the artwork for today's show. Janine had the following to say. Hi, Rob. Here is my photo of the pond at the Wildlands Conservancy, Oak Glen Preserve in Oak Glen, California. The photo was taken with the iPhone 5S camera and the titles added with the Title FX app. Regards, Janine V. Janine, thanks for again for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Janine's artwork in the TI app and the extras for episode 302. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Apple's new iPad device is destined to disappoint. Analysts predicting iPhone-like success are going to be let down. Here's five reasons why. One, battery life. Two, no multitasking. Three, virtual keyboard. Four, $30 a month for 3G. Five, no flash support. Adam Sharp, Wealth Today, 28th, January 2010. I don't think there's anything virtual in people's lack of need for flash support as the iPhone by that time had already proved that. And battery life? was far greater than anyone could have expected, hoped for. Per multitasking, four years later, Sammy is still trying to play that card, and people don't care. People are more interested in tasking rather than multitasking. Just saying. A quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, you, when you send in those promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. If you don't have promo codes to give away, or if your app is free or your iBook is free, and you still want to get a review of your app or iBook up on the show, you can just send in the 60-second or less review of your app or iBook, again, making sure to mention up front that you are the dev or the iBook author, and we will work it into a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. I want to apologize up front. My voice is shot, so it's not a bad microphone or connection. It just happens to be my voice is gone from screaming so loud at both of the Flyer games this past weekend down in Memphis. Go Flyers. Uh, hopefully it will be back by the next episode. First off, a quick warning for Pebble owners. Do not update to the latest version of the Pebble app, version 2.1. Seems it is an April Fool's joke a day early as it is breaking people's pebbles, turning them into, just dare I say it, a watch. Hold off on doing that update until Pebble figures out what is going on. Thanks to iMore for the heads up on this one. Thanks to all that sent in links about this next one, and that is news that Apple did not mention yet about one of their products, the iPhone to be specific, and that Apple has now sold over 500 million of them. Here's what we know. Going into the last quarter, Apple had sold 472.4 million iPhones all time. In the year-ago quarter, Apple sold 37.4 million iPhones. 
analysts are estimating between 35 million on the low side and 47 million on the high side for last quarter sales. But regardless, even the biggest doom and gloom analysts are saying much more than 30 million iPhones sold this past quarter, and that means Apple has sold over 500 million iPhones to date. When that date was, Apple is not saying, not at least until their next quarterly conference call, as they don't want to give away anything. Per that next Apple quarterly call, that is now scheduled for Wednesday, April 23rd at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Either way, congrats to Apple on selling over 500 million iPhones. It's over half a billion. And they are now on course to sell their 600 millionth iPhone before the end of this year. And it will not be long before we are talking about the 1 billionth iPhone sold. Thanks to all that sent in links on this next one, and that is Microsoft has finally released Office for the iPad. There are apps for Microsoft Word for iPad, Microsoft Excel for iPad, and Microsoft PowerPoint for iPad. With all three of the apps being free to download and view the respective document types, however, if you want to edit or create a document on your iPad in any, any of those apps, you do need to get an Office 365 subscription, which you can sign up for in the app. And that means, yep, Apple gets 30% of the sign-up fee. Hence why Tim Cook sent out a congratulatory email to Microsoft about releasing this and welcoming in their new CEO. The question for Microsoft is, is this a little too little and a little too late? Reality is, if you needed to edit Microsoft files on your iPad, you had not held out hope upon hope waiting for this day or the last day, day last week, but rather you probably downloaded pages, numbers, and Keynote to work on the Word, Excel, or PowerPoint documents respectively. And oh yeah, all those Apple apps are now free. So yes, this is news, but the question is, is it news because it helps people out or is it news because it was a little too little, a little too late? think you can guess which way I'm leaning kind of fell over towards on this one. I guess if I ever have an issue opening a Microsoft Office file on my iPad, I could at that time download the needed app. But for now, at least, yeah, pages, numbers, and Keynote for me. If anyone actually does download one of these and uses it, please let me know how it compares to Apple's offerings. Are there any special features available in the MS apps that are missing on Apple's apps? that matter in the real world? Anything missing from the MS apps for that matter? 206-666-6364, 206-MOONDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Now, for those wondering, especially in the work environment where actual MS Office apps may be preferred or even required, Office 365 is a $99 a year subscription, and that gets you access to create and edit MS Office docs in all three apps, you also get 20 gig of additional cloud storage. Of course, if the cloud storage is the thing for you, there are cheaper solutions for cloud storage like iCloud for $20 a year and you get 10 gig of additional storage. I'm guessing most people will stick with the free options from Apple's iWork suite and a smaller number will go with Office 365 because of work requirements. But I can't imagine too many people choosing Office 365 and $99 subscription unless they're kind of forced to at work. My guess is the number of people signing up for this that have iPads would have been much greater if this was released two years ago, back when Apple's apps were paid for. But now that Apple's iWork suite is free, I, I just don't see where the regular consumer, non-business consumer, is going to be going for the Office 365 subscription. I just To me, it just doesn't make sense. One thing we've not talked about in a while, which is likely going to come up for anyone getting one of those MS Office apps for the iPad, especially Word, is printing from the iPad. And there was a nice tutorial on ZDNet that covers this, so I'll not go over it here, other than to say, look for the link titled iPad, the Missing Printing Manual, ZDNet, in the show notes for episode 302 at todayinios.com. Apple made a quick little announcement today, and that was the iPad Air and iPad Mini with LTE performance are available in China starting on April 1st. These are TD LTE models and also work with TDS CDMA standard in China. If you are in China and looking for an LTE version, 
check with your carrier to see if they have one in stock yet. Thanks again to Linda for sponsoring this episode. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you'll get a free seven-day trial to their service. They offer over 2,000 high-quality video courses taught by industry experts on subjects including business skills like SEO, viral marketing, content marketing, and negotiating. There are software video courses covering MS Office, Adobe, Creative Suites, and Final Cut Pro. There are hobbies like photography and audio recording courses. And of course, there are iOS app development courses. There are over 25 iOS courses available at lynda.com. I have been going over the one, Teach Kids Programming with iOS, and that is by Todd Perkins. This is a nice tutorial as it is not specifically geared toward the kid, but more towards a teacher or parent. First, it goes over a guide for you, the teacher parent, which you watch on your own. That has an overview of the concepts being taught in that chapter. There are other sections you do watch with the kids, and they have nice experiments to work on with the kids, showing them how to break the code to see what happens. It's a nice tutorial, and I'm going through it now. Uh, we mentioned earlier about the Office Suite and iWork Suites, and Linda has tutorials for each of the Office apps and iWork apps. So if you want to get better at Excel slash numbers or Word slash pages or PowerPoint slash Keynote, they have multiple tutorials for each app, some of which are as new as in the last two weeks new, still with that new car smell. And again, this is an all-you-can-eat monthly service. Watch anytime and as often as you like from your computer or iOS device. There are searchable transcripts read along with closed caption transcripts. And you don't need to take my word for the breadth and quality of their tutorials. You can check them out right now for yourself for free for seven days by going to lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Let me know what tutorials you look at and what you learn. And of course, if you do go this route and develop your own app and get it up on the App Store, let me know and we'll promote it here on the show. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show. Hey, Rod, it's Tim out of Chicago. Uh, first thing first, I want to thank your caller when we're talking about Bluetooth settings for the call being answered automatically by the phone. And I didn't even realize that setting was in there. And now when my call comes in, I just tap my button on my remote and it picks up on Bluetooth like it should. I love that. Awesome. Thank you. Concerning your caller, I think it's Hector about Sprint. The uh, Sprint people may be not knowledgeable enough to realize that an iPhone, if you're given an MSL code, is worthless. Yeah, worthless is the word I'm looking for. You cannot unlock your phone with an MSL code. It has to be unlocked in Sprint system. According to Sprint's website, if you meet all the requirements, they will provide an unlock for you. So I would encourage Hector to maybe contact Sprint, ask to speak to a senior advisor possibly or something of that nature and see if he can get the unlock done and explain that an MSL code is worthless for an iPhone. Also, Sprint will not work generally on T-Mobile's network um, and also has trouble on Verizon's network. So I hope that helps. Keep up the good work, Rob. Bye. Tim, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag. Hello, Rob. I'm emailing you in regards to a caller, Jeff, in episode 300. He said he got rid of his AT&T grandfathered unlimited data so he could FaceTime with his wife and could use their phones as hotspots. Well, I have the grandfathered unlimited data plan, and I have the evasion jailbreak on my iPhone 5, and I can FaceTime with my wife on her unjailbroken iPhone 5. I was also able to do this before I jailbroke mine. I don't know why he was unable to FaceTime using 4G. Also, after jailbreaking my iPhone, I can use PDA Net to Tether or Hotspot for free. Maybe his settings were not right. Just thought the listener might want to know that you can FaceTime over 4G without losing your unlimited grandfather without a jailbreak. Regards, Chris in LA. Chris, thanks for the feedback. And yes, that's true. I, I was doing quite a bit of FaceTiming this weekend while we were away in Memphis. Uh, we were FaceTiming with Henry's brother back in, at the house so they could see each other when they were away and I could see my wife. But uh, Porter also wanted to see what the stadium looked like. So we were FaceTiming while we were actually in the stadium at the FedEx Forum. So yes, FaceTime was working. It was working on my 5S and I am on the unlimited data plan from AT&T as well. 
But if you do want to create a Wi-Fi hotspot and you don't jailbreak, then you do need to give up the unlimited data plan. So again, if you don't want to jailbreak, can't jailbreak, depending on which version you, you've upgraded to 7.1, and you do need a Wi-Fi hotspot, then the only way to get the Wi-Fi hotspot option turned on for your iPhone that is on AT&T and running the unlimited data plan is for you to give up the unlimited data plan because you can't turn that on with the unlimited data plan and again unless you jailbreak but if you can't jailbreak well then you have to give up the unlimited if you want the wi-fi hotspot option hey rob i was listening to the podcast from a few weeks ago and i remember that ben had asked if the pop-up in itunes saying do you want to trust this computer was new in 7.1 I don't remember this being resolved, so I can say that it is not new because I'm my iTunes does it all the time and I don't have 7.1 or anything that recent. Sidebar, I was wondering if in an upcoming episode you could compile a list of unique Cydia tweaks as I was wondering how to make the most of my jailbreak. Regards, Dan from Orangeville. Well, Dan, thanks for the suggestion and I'm going to throw a request out to listeners. If you have a jailbroken iPhone, what are the top two or three Cydia jailbreak tweaks that you use right now? What are the ones that you like the most? Send those in, todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know, or call in too. Let me know what your favorite Cydia tweaks are and how you use them and, and why you use them. We are now over 600 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One question in the community from this past week was from William Sneed, and he asked about WWDC 2014 and when it will be. Looks like June 9th is the most likely day for the kickoff on that. That is Monday, and last year it was on June 10th, which was a Monday, and previous years it's kicked off on Mondays. But the more important question is when will tickets go on sale? Last year, tickets sold out in less than 90 seconds. When we started doing the show, I don't even think they sold out or if they did, it took well over a month. How things have changed. Last year, Apple gave some advance warning on when the tickets would go on sale, as in one day's advanced warning, and the tickets went on sale on April 25th at 10 a.m. Expect, hope, pray for a similar warning this year, and like last year, I'll send out a push message on the TI app as soon as we hear anything, which could be any day now, but likely toward the end of April. Good luck to all looking to get tickets, and if you are planning on going, make sure you have your iTunes dev account, set it up, and it's all paid up and it's current. Make sure you have a credit card and at least $1,600 available on it. That's how much it cost last year. And to be safe, you, know, you might want to make sure you have $2,000 available to spend. If you work somewhere and need to get approval ahead of time, now is the time to get the approval. If you wait until it's announced, no soup for you. Get your ducks in a row. Again, good luck to all, and thanks to William for the question. There were dozens and dozens and dozens of other posts in the Google Plus community this past week, and all in an Android boys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks again to all 600 plus of you already in the community and contributing. We have talked about iBeacons in the past, and the San Francisco Giants announced they are rolling it out this season. Actually, it'll be rolled out at most Major League ballparks. Well, two-thirds of them to start with. There will be iBeacons located at all fan entry and exit points, which means 19 of them at the Giants Stadium, but 65 at the Dodger Stadium. Yes, Major League Baseball already has specs in place on the type of coverage you can and should have. All of these iBeacons do require the end user to have Bluetooth turned on and the Major League Baseball at the park app turned on. It's actually the MLB at the park app turned on. One option in the app is your ability to upgrade your seat. Not sure if this means you get a message asking if you have a nosebleed way up there. And hey, how about showing your kid a really good time and upgrading to those really nice seats right down there behind first base dugout. So one Two, three spams, you're out at the old ballpark. Uh, if anyone goes to a Major League Baseball park this week and gets the MLB at the park app, turn on Bluetooth and let me know what your experience is. 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. 
or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is titled, Apple, the world's most hated stock, question mark. Essentially, this article goes over a lot of Apple's fundamentals and compares them to Google and asks, how can Apple be priced this low compared to Google's pricing, when Apple clearly has much better fundamentals? So he ponders, it must be because investors hate Apple. Because logic is not at play here when you look at the numbers. Yep, that is what I have been saying for some time. Just nice to see the numbers summarized and contrasted, but again, it is possible that Apple is not cheap, but rather Google is expensive. Maybe it's a bit of both. Thanks to Chris in London for the heads up on this Apple TV Air concept post. Sure, it's not real, but it is real cool. Essentially, this one is an HDMI dongle like Google's Chromecast, and then a smaller remote for it. It would be cool to have an HDMI dongle for the next Apple TV, but I think it'd still be something closer in design to the current Apple TV, not something this drastic. Plus, it might need to be as big as the current one so that you can plug a coaxial cable into it, something this dongle mock-up is not capable of doing. That said, still a nice mock-up and maybe something for 2019 or 2020. Thanks to Creighton and a few others for the heads up on this next one, which is about the rumors on the iPhone 6 that appeared in the Japanese paper, the Nakai, and they report with regards to Sharp and supply for Apple. Seems they are saying Sharp will ramp up LCD production for the iPhone 6 as soon as Q2, and that fingerprint sensor and LCD driver chip production has already begun. The Nakai adds that the iPhone 6 might launch in September, Shocker! And would likely be 4.7 and 5.5 inches for the two models, which kind of follows up on what the Wall Street Journal said, I think, back in January. Expect uh, more of these types of rumors to start coming in from other traditional media sources as they all jockey for more and more link bait. I mean, investigative reporting. Into the email bag? Hi, Rob, what do you think? Could Sapphire be a part of the next-gen iOS device this fall? Regards, Dr. John M. Hi, Dr. John. Thanks for the link. And this is to an article that talks about a newly discovered patent application from Apple with regards to getting an olophobic coating on Sapphire. Gee, what in the world would Apple want that for? Okay, I think by this point, given how much Apple dollar-wise is putting into the Sapphire plant in Arizona, and it is really a given that future iPhones will have a Sapphire screen. And it now looks like it will also have an olophobic coating on that sapphire screen. But just because we know that to be a given for the future, we don't know if that future is fall 2014 or 2015 or 2016 even. I hope and pray that it's fall 2014. A larger screen alone would not get me to upgrade to the iPhone 6. But a larger sapphire screen, yeah, that one, that would get me to update. Matter of fact, a larger screen that is not Sapphire, and I'm definitely not upgrading. Not this year. So let's hope that Apple can ramp up their Sapphire lines in time for this year's pre-build. But honestly, I would not be surprised if we do, see, do not see Sapphire this year. You're talking about going from zero to 50 million Sapphire screens in a very, very short time. And that they're going to need at least 50 million for that first quarter that the iPhone 5S me, iPhone 6 is available for sale. And, you know, it takes time to ramp anything up. Is Apple willing to bet the farm on a brand new technology and one so vital? It seems like an awful gutsy call. We'll see if, if Tim's got it in him. We are starting to get close to when we might expect to see some photos leaking out for the next iPhone. And let's make no mistakes about it. There will be leaked photos of the next iPhone and they will be out prior to the end of June at the latest, and likely before the end of May, based on past history. Why and how do we know that? Simple. Apple will need to pre-build tens of millions of units for the launch. That means lots and lots of contract manufacturing, which means lots and lots of contract manufacturers, as employees of those contract manufacturers. And most of those employees have their own smartphone that has a camera. 
it is impossible now to keep cameras out of the hands of all the non-Apple employees that will have access to the next-gen iPhone. And we are talking about people not making much money. So it just takes one of them to snap and sell a picture to a blogger or a middleman. And that is basically what happened for the last few Apple products. And yep, it will happen again. Does not matter that, as Tim Cook said, they are doubling down on security when they have increased pre-production runs by 5 to 10x where they used to be. Creepers are going to creep. Leakers are going to leak. That all said, this past week, there is what some are calling the first photos of the iPhone 6, except, well, there seems to be two things not looking good for this. One, the camera lens is protruding from the back of the unit. It's not flush like it has been with all the past iPhones. And the second and most damning item that this is really a fake is that there is no true tone flash. That is a great technology and very well received and very well thought of and reviewed. So I don't see that being a one and done tech for Apple. I would have to believe the iPhone 6 will have a true tone flash as well. These picks are supposedly right from a Foxconn factory, which is what you would expect, but I just don't buy the protruding camera and lack of true tone flash. Expect more, quote, leaked, unquote, photos in the weeks ahead. Hi, Rob. Here's a link to an article. It's not the first article I've read like this, but I thought it was an interesting one to see the author's take on the Android platform as he was not an Android hater. He is an existing user of iOS trying something different, so I thought it was an interesting read. See what you think if it's interesting to you at all. While I can see the benefits of the Android platform, especially with regards to hardware, it's just not the mobile experience I want. Regards, Joe J. Hi, Joe. Thanks for the link to this. And there are a plethora of articles like this, some talking about trying out iOS and going back to Android, and some talking about trying out uh, Android and going back to iOS. What is interesting on this one, it is from CNET, which typically is kind of your Android fanboy site. It is rare I see anything overtly pro-iOS on that site. But you know what is true about any of these types of articles? If they turn on comments, wow, you get to see the pendulum swung fully in both directions. Sometimes it's reading those comments is funny. Sometimes reading those comments is just sad. Thanks for the link. Good morning, Rob. Hey, it's Shannon in Fountain Hills. Uh, I recently called in with the location bug on one of my apps, and uh, uh, I'm just now listening to uh, your episode 301, 301, and uh, Brian wrote in and said that he tried the same steps that you had uh, told us about, and they didn't work. And, of course, I tried those same steps. They did not work. Luckily, proving once again that your podcast is deepest out there, not just because of your knowledge, but uh, because of the knowledge of all of the listeners, Ben uh, K also wrote in and fixed it. It was a background app refresh, uh, something I, I wasn't aware of. So that little trick fixed it. I went into the background app refresh, turned that particular app off. Now, as soon as I click on the app, it turns on location. Uh, to update my location, obviously. Uh, and then once I just hit the home button, I don't even have to force close the app any longer. As soon as I hit the home button, uh, about nine seconds is what I counted. Location uh, arrow goes off. Everything is perfect. Uh, my pattern. Take care. Bye. Hi, Rob. I'm a longtime Canadian listener. Thanks for your show and all that you do. I just bought an iPhone 5S and jailbroke it on 7.0.4. And I have a question about battery capacity and overall conditioning. According to BatSaver, the Cydia app, I see that the overall capacity of my phone is 1,550 milliamp hours. But after only seven cycles, my capacity is down to 1,518 milliamp hours. That's a 3% drop in just seven charges. Is this normal? Also, is there anything I can do to recondition the battery like the old Nikehead batteries where you could freeze them, recondition, charge, etc.? I'm not suggesting sticking my iPhone in the freezer, just highlighting how we addressed this capacity issues in the past. I try to run my battery down completely prior to charging and also avoid leaving the phone charging, trickle charging for extended periods of time. Not sure if this helps, but it's all that is presently in my power to retain as much 
of the 1,550 milliamps I paid for. Any help you can provide, appreciated. Thank you, David B. Hi, David. Not all batteries are at the max rated value when you get them. There is some variability as you don't know if your battery was 1550 milliamps at the time of purchase there is no way to say if you lost three percent in seven charges so being within three percent of your listed capacity after seven charges does not seem like an issue per reconditioning do not ever ever do not ever put your lithium-ion battery in the freezer lithium-ion batteries like room temperature and do not like the cold or the hot for that matter Running the battery down each time you use it will not help. So uh, do not run it all the way down every time. And some even suggest against that. Others say it does not matter. Most recommend you charge it up fully whenever you can. So yes, trickle charging. There are some that say after about the first 30 or so partial charges, you should let it run all the way down and then do a full recharge. That is to keep it from getting what one expert called a digital memory. Most others I found said that is poppycock and are sure are not sure where that advice came from um, and do not suggest purposely fully discharging your battery. But in short, keep it at room temperature when not in use and charge it back up fully when you are not using it. So trickle charging is fine. Just keep it charged fully whenever you can. Hi, Rob. I unwittingly burned through my 4G data allowance while driving home yesterday evening. The cause was an automated chat backup by WhatsApp. Solution? One, switch to manual backups in the WhatsApp app. Or switch off iCloud data backups at settings, iCloud, documents, and data. Use mobile data. Regards, Neil B. Eidenhoven, the Netherlands. Neil, thanks for that tip. Rob, it's Max from Rockford. I had an issue with the fingerprint scanner too on the 5S, but I think I found a foolproof way to deal with that. It works every single time for me. What it is is I take the middle of my thumb flat against the fingerprint sensor, but the top of the button is right in the middle of my finger, and then I drag my finger down, and then it and stop when my tip of my finger hits the middle of it, and then it opens every single time. So hopefully that will help some listeners. Uh, and my hands were also, you know, kind of like callous to drive, whatever. So hopefully that works for anyone else, too, that is having their problems with it. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Rob, it's Max from Rockford again. One thing I forgot to mention about my uh, hopefully solution to the fingerprint scanner is uh, how to start it. Uh, every time I take my phone out of my pocket, I... Click the home button so that the phone comes on, and then that's when I move my finger down into the middle of the button, and then it comes on. Bye. Max, thanks for the feedback. Hi, Rob. This Kickstarter project called Slimo looks very interesting. Regards, Edgar and Tampa, Florida. P.S. Sorry about the flyers. Good run. Hi, Edgar. Thanks for the P.S. and the heads up on Slimo. I guess that's how it's pronounced. This one had a goal of 9,000 pounds and has raised over 32,000 pounds so far and has until April 15th at 4.55 a.m. Central Time for you to fund. The Slimo, spelled S-L-I-M-O, is a pseudo-wireless charger where you plug it into your lightning port and then the charging receiver folds back and lays flush against the back of your iPhone. It is just 0.14 inches thick that's four millimeters thick for those outside the U.S. You then place the iPhone on top of the power inductive charger slash transmitter. It supplies power via the receiver that is plugged into your lightning port. This does mean when using it, you cannot plug lightning port cable into it. So you need to do wireless syncing to your computer. Pricing on this starts at 43 pounds and goes up from there plus add five more pounds to the cost of shipping to get it out of the UK. If you are someone that does like the whole wireless power charging concept, then check this one out. Search for Slimo, S-L-I-M-O, at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 302. Hi, Rob. Here's another device on Kickstarter that will be able to be programmed from an iPad. It's called the MicroView. And it's on Kickstarter now. Regards, Thomas W. in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hi, Thomas. Thanks for the heads up on the mic review. One word. 
with the full name of Microview chip-sized Arduino with built-in OLED display. The goal they had set on this was $25,000. They have raised over $400,000, and you have until April 17th at 7.56 a.m. Central Time to fund this. Pricing for this device is $45 just for the Microview, but I don't recommend that unless you want to get multiple ones. Uh, $55 for the starter kit or $95 for the learning kit. The developer described it as such, quote, the Microview is the first chip-sized Arduino compatible that lets you see what your Arduino is thinking using a built-in OLED display, unquote. Search for Microview, one word, at Kickstarter to learn more or search for it in the show notes for episode 302. Happy tinkering. Here is an interesting quote. Quote, Apple TV is essentially an accessory for the iPad. They lose money, which is unusual for Apple. If you're losing money, why would you want to sell more? Unquote. What is most interesting is who said it. And that is Anthony Wood, the CEO and founder of Roku. So if Roku was selling their device for less than Apple, what does it say about their product? I mean, I'm really confused about this. You don't point at your more expensive competitor and say, they're losing money on each unit they ship. It makes no sense. But that said, Apple did call it a hobby for a long time. And well, hobbies are something you spend money on and not make money from. Well, not usually. Well, here is hoping that Apple's next Apple TV is even a bigger money loser. So with billions and billions of dollars being thrown at chat services, people are looking at different ways to skin this cat. One interesting one is called Rumor, spelled R-U-M-R. Of course it is. And its differentiator on this one is that it's all about anonymous messaging. Quote, Rumor is the new way to chat anonymously in real time with your friends. Rumor allows you to have conversations that your identity prevents. It's like having a conversation with the lights off. And, well, your voice mimicked, I guess. Unquote. I'll edit the last part. Nope, don't see those chats digressing into something bad. Nope, not at all. I guess from what I read is how this can work is you create a group chat and invite people in, but once in, no one knows who's saying what to who. Anonymous comments to tech sites and sports sites are what gets comments turned off because they quickly dissolve into something akin to people wearing white caps and carrying torches and what they might say. Not sure how this one will end up, but I'm not guessing too good and not seeing this going for the billions and billions of dollars that others have gone for. But hey, it's definitely a different spin on messaging and maybe it will find its niche. Maybe if they let you set up a chat as an owner and then anyone can join in on that chat based on the subject, maybe that would work. Like say a chat for the big East basketball conference and you could get people from all the different schools to join in anonymously and talk comments about each other's schools. Yep. I see that staying civil for three, two, one. Okay. Now uncivil. Anyway, the app name is Rumor, R-U-M-R. It's free, and if you use this, let me know what your thoughts on it are. Maybe I'm just being an old fuddy-duddy, but I just, I just see this quickly devolving into a free-for-all name-calling session that just goes down into the gutter. I want to take a minute now to talk about our other sponsor today, and that is Hover. If you go to Hover.com and use the promo code TIITV, one word, as a new user, you get 10% off your domain name registrations. That is TIITV. One of the great features of Hover is the ability to quickly and easily create multiple redirects from a single URL for no additional cost. There is no additional cost to hide the personal info on your domain. There is no annoying trick you into multiple upsell items you did not want when you use Hover. It is just good customer-friendly interface that is really a joy to work with. So whether you are looking for redirecting to your Facebook page or your Google Plus page or your Twitter or Tumblr pages, Hover is there for you to make it easy to tell people where to go to find you on the web. Like say how I did it with the Google Plus community by you going to todayinios.com slash community. Hover makes it so easy to create those redirects. Remember, control your namespace. It's the best thing you can do on the web. 
So as an example, you could register yourname.com and then set up yourname.com slash Facebook to go to your Facebook page and yourname.com slash G plus to go to your Google plus page and so on. I am a customer and a very happy one of Hover and highly recommend them for your domain name needs. If you are a podcaster, you could register your domain and then forward your domain.com slash feed to your current RSS feed, and then you own your feed. Remember, the promo code TIITV for new users of Hover to save 10% on your purchases. That's promo code TIITV. Isn't it time for you to like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I have always wondered why Apple doesn't allow iTunes audiobook purchases to be re-downloaded from iCloud like you can with music, TV, and movies. I was just wondering if you had any idea as to why they don't allow this. I had an incident a while ago where I had backed up my old iPhone's data to iTunes on my PC and did a restore from backup up onto my new 5S. When the PC was syncing to the new device, it said three of my audiobooks could not be downloaded as original files could not be located. iTunes support advised... Uh, this error was due to a content of these audiobooks having been modified since when I initially purchased them. As such, I ended up having to pay for them again, which wouldn't have been the case if I could have simply downloaded them from my iCloud onto my new 5S, which would be nice to be able to do to avoid this happening again. Any ideas as to what I need to do differently here to ensure I don't have this issue in the future when I change phones again? Your advice is always appreciated. Regards, Steve in Brisbane, Australia. Steve, first, um, you know, again, downloading them to your computer and then backing them up to an external backup drive, that's probably the best thing you can do. And then if you ever lose them for some reason, you can always bring them back into your computer uh, and then sync them up to your device. But for those that don't have a computer and your iOS device is it, well, those of you are kind of hosed um, if you need space to clear out or just accidentally delete an audiobook. I thought Apple did this uh, way because of the size of the files originally, that you know audiobooks were big and then to save on download bandwidth. But since they do allow for downloads of TV shows and movies, which are much larger, that doesn't make much sense, uh, which must mean it's about some agreement they have with some of the suppliers of audiobooks that prohibit this. In any case, if you ever download an audiobook to an iOS device, make sure you sync that audiobook to your computer stat and then do an external backup to an external hard drive of that uh, audiobook so that if anything ever happens to your computer or your iOS device when they're syncing again, at least you have a third place to go to find those files. Rob, it's Max from Rockford again. But this is a question for you or your listeners. I am building myself a bike to pretty much take me everywhere I want to go up to the coldest times here in Rockford, Michigan. And what I need is there an app out there that will let me plot my bicycle ride to where I want to go. I'm even going to ride up to 40 miles. So I just need a place that can tell me where I can ride a bike at. So anyway... Again, love the show. Thanks for all the work that you do, and uh, see you later. Bye. Max, I'm going to open that one up to the Freds in the audience. If anyone out there is an avid biker, let us know which apps you use to plot your course, if you're using one to plot your courses, before you go out and do your rides. Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. One bit of warning, it'll likely be April 1st when many of you hear this episode. Watch out for any of those out there stories. Each year people try to top what others did. Personally, I keep my gags internal, like this year. I'm setting it up on the iPads so it looks like Netflix went out of business as my kids spend too much time there. And I'm setting up a site and an icon on their iPads that looks like the Netflix icon, and when they tap on it, It'll take them to a page that says Netflix is closed as too many people were watching Kicking It and Lab Rats and it broke their servers and they're going out of business or something like that. Doing that as soon as I'm done with this episode. I do want to give a little update on the NCAA tournament pool. If you go and look at the standings, you'll see that Robert Walsh, third, is in first place. That is the bracket for my five and a half year old son. And he filled it out all on his own. So yes, right now we are all getting our butts kicked by a five and a half year old. Good job, Porter. 
Next episode, I will go over the final winner, uh, who the final winner is. Also, thanks to all that had emailed in about the Flyers and your well wishes. Uh, me and my older son had a blast in Memphis watching the games, and the men's teams did us proud. Go Flyers. And okay, I will not say that again until next season. Well, probably not. I do want to say that trip down there was fun, but you know, using the iOS device, you see when you're doing a trip like that, when you're going like right through the middle of Missouri and the back roads, the iOS device did a great job for me. I used it to get me down there, back and forth, everywhere. But I did have one issue. On the way down, I picked out a hotel to stay at. And we found it was in the right location about where I wanted to stop on the way down. And we get there, and the hotel's being destroyed. I mean, literally, there's bulldozers there. They were half the hotel ripped apart. And we're like, oh. So then we go to the next place there's supposed to be a hotel, and it's a restaurant, no hotel. It was like a Ruby Tuesday or something. So I then had to drive another two hours. Uh, so I drove a little bit longer than I wanted to in the rain on that first night to get to the next place where there was a good hotel. So point of being, if you uh, are planning your trip, you may want to actually call the hotel that shows up on the map just to make sure it's still in business when you're doing a trip like that. But overall, Apple's map app, and I did just use Apple's map app, did me very well, got me to where I needed to go from point A to point B. I didn't get lost and didn't take me down any wrong turns and the directions and when I had to turn and where I had to turn worked very well. And I listened to a lot of podcasts uh, during the trip too. And well, when my son was sleeping, that was. Thanks once again to lynda.com for supporting TII. If you go to lynda.com slash TII, that is L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you'll get a seven-day free trial. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring the show and for the free trial offer. Next week, I'll be in Las Vegas for an AB show. Not sure when the next episode is going up. It might be a couple weeks. I will try to get something up from Vegas, but I'm not going to promise. And I'll try to get an interview or two from the show floor for iOS-related gear. If you're going to NAB, I will be at the Lipson booth. That's booth 9C. It's in the North Hall in the Connected Media World area. Please stop by and say hi. Really, please stop by. It's four days at the show in the booth. It's a long time for any show. Please stop by. I'll need someone to talk to by the end. Booth 9C. See some of you, hopefully, next week. Thanks again to our sponsor, Hover.com. Remember, for new users, use promo code TIITV. One word gets you 10% off your purchases for new users. Hover is who I manage all my domains with, and I really do love their service and recommend them even when they're not advertising on the show. Again, use promo code TIITV to save 10% when you first purchase domains names with Hover. If you want to know when new episodes go up, look at the TI app, not just as the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get push messages when a new episode goes live. Or there is other iOS breaking news. Just $2.99 in the App Store helps you get the most out of the show, and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to email or call the show for and give your feedback. Again, just search TII in the iTunes App Store. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206 666-6364. That's 206 Moon Dog. Or record your feedback and email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app review, a product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for a new artwork to feature that you have created on your iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com community. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. 
The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII.